Hello, and welcome to Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth. We're so happy that you decided to join us today. This is the teaching podcast from our Sunday worship service, recorded at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Our goal as a church is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. We hope that this message inspires you and helps to lead you deeper in your relationship with Jesus. Enjoy. Hey, 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 what's going on in the house today, everybody? Make some noise, make some noise, clap it up, clap it up. Let's go, let's go. Why don't you greet someone next to you real quick? Why don't you just say hello and good morning to them on this special, special Sunday? Shake hands, high five, fist bump them, just say hello. Turn the corner, turn to one person, then turn to the person you ignored. Do that. Make sure you do that part too. Don't leave anybody hanging nearby you because they're going to be like, why do you choose me? What's up with that? But don't worry, we got it here. We're okay with that. We're okay with that. Well, Welcome, everyone, once again. My name's Elliot. I'm here to share the word with you. And we are in our next section that started last week about going through the Bible. We're going through each book of the Bible every single Sunday. Every single Sunday, we're going through a book of the Bible. And now we've come to a section that started last week called the poetry section of the Bible, sometimes called the wisdom literature section of the Bible. These are books like Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, these are books that are, we're called like meditational literature in another sense, where you're supposed to read these, say these, sing these, and talk about them to learn more about God. So this is the section of the Bible that we've come into right now. We're still in the Old Testament. There's two parts of the Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament, and this one, if you have the printed Bible out, it's like in the middle. It's like the middle section of what you see in your Bible. So these books are very important, very crucial to maturity and understanding if you're a believer. And even if you're not a believer, some of this, maybe even most of this, might be very familiar to you. You might have heard some of these things, some of these words, these statements that are in this section of the Bible. And today, I'm really hyped. I'm really excited for today because this book of the Bible today, for me personally, is very personal to me, for me personally is, oh man, should I say it? I think I'm going to say it. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. I was, you know, I I was debating, like, should I I say that? But it just means so much to me, this particular book of the Bible and this particular book of wisdom, literature, poetry. And it's the book of Psalms. Everybody say Psalms. Psalms. Now, the spelling, you know, it's different. It's different. Now, you might think Psalms starts with the letter S, but no, it starts with the letter P because different languages, different pronunciation, consonants, vowels, you know the whole thing. Same thing in English words, too. You know it. So this book of Psalms. So here's the question we're going to start out with. What is or what are the Psalms? Like, what is this? It is a massive book. 150 chapters. Yes, right. 150 chapters. But they're not chapters like you read in a novel or in a textbook or something like that. These are 150 poems. That's right. Poems and songs in the Bible. Now, some people I've talked to over the years, when I say it like that, they say songs, poetry, the Bible. I didn't, is that a thing? Is that in there? There's, there's poetry. There's, there's songs that are meant to actually be sung out loud. And the answer is yes. In fact, biblical scholars estimate that about 25% of the Bible is poetry. So about a quarter of the Bible is poetry. Most of it is in the book of Psalms, but it's spread throughout we have people singing, singing their, their praises, singing hymns. For example, when the Israelites were at the Red Sea, you seen the movie? You seen the movie? And they have to go through the Red Sea with my man Moses, right? When they make it to the other side, it breaks out into a musical. There's a song by Moses' sister, sings a big old song, talking about how God is so good. When the angel came to Mary and said, hey, we got a plan, and we want you to be in it, and Mary said yes, she sings a song, a poem, a poem that is, has lasted throughout the ages in the scripture. There's tons of poetry. And poetry, let's, let's talk about poetry for a little bit. Who here likes poetry? Be honest. Do anybody like poetry here? You like poetry? All right, I'll rephrase the question. Do you like song lyrics? Because that's poetry too. Now, were you ever in school and you had to write your own poem? Anybody get that assignment at one point? You had to write a poem yourself. And then not only you had to write it, but it was like, okay, class. 
not only going to write it, but you have to share it in front of every one of your friends right now. Let me tell you something. That moment, you find out who's who. You find out who you are in that very moment right there. And as a teacher, I love watching that moment with my students. It's great. I love it. Love it. So poetry, as you know, it's not supposed to be literal in the sense of like every single thing is telling you an exact simple thing. There's things like metaphor, simile, and what you see a lot in the Psalms is called parallelism, meaning that you're going to say one statement, then there's going to be another statement, and they run parallel. There's supposed to be these statements that, you know, there's a, a sad statement, then there's a but, and then there's another statement that resolves that tension that's created because it's poetry. Poetry moves you. That's its job. It's supposed to take you on an emotional journey through the thoughts of the poet, whoever wrote it. Now, if you love song lyrics, you know that's true. How many songs do you know that tell a story? How many songs do you know that just take you to a journey to this part, to this verse, to the next verse, to the chorus, to the bridge, and then boom, the chorus again? And we were just singing now. And I know some of y'all went on a really big spiritual journey just now with those songs that we were singing. That was, that was huge for you. That was great. And that's how it is, right? It's like when you like a song and, the, and you're trying to introduce the song to like a person who never heard it. And you're like, ooh, this song, this song right here, this song right here. No, wait, wait till the third verse. You got to have that because there's a buildup. There's, there's an excitement for what is going to happen in the poetry. So that is what the book of Psalms is, a collection of poetry. But why? Why, why are these poems written? Like, what's the point? What's the subject anyway? I mean, we could say, you know, God in a broad sense. But what, what are these really about? And what's the structure? I mean, 150, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot of action going on there. So what's happening with all that? Well, here's the thing. What we have as the book of Psalms, those 150 poems, is actually five volumes that have been collaborated together by the prophets, by the sages, by all the wise men of God that have collected this poetry over time to make a five-volume mini library called The Psalms. And that's what it is. So we have these five volumes. I'm going to walk you through right here. So Psalm, book one, volume one, was Psalm 1 to Psalm 41, written by David. Now, how many of you remember David? He's king of Israel, David and Goliath, David and Bathsheba, more on that later. And, you know, this is David. David is, is a, a prolific artist, a poet king, one of those guys. He was a warrior. He was a poet. He was an instrumentalist. He did a lot of things. That was David. Book two, Psalms 42 to 72, David and a group. That's right, a group. The sons of Korah. Now, who were these guys? Not a lot about them. Maybe they were direct sons of someone named Korah, or maybe they were descendants of someone named Korah, but they did a lot of writing in the Bible, too. Book three, Psalm 73 to 89, by a man named Asaph. So Asaph, he's got a whole chunk here, too, in the Bible, writing about poetry, about God and his experiences. And then book four, 90 to 106, that's, this is a grab bag. Some David, a Moses poem in there, too, and just some that no attributed author, just, it's just there. It's a poetry. Maybe it was something that was sung in the temple. Maybe it was some, just an old song that kind of just, you know, kept in the family line, like a folk song that just kind of came along. And then the last book, book five, Psalm 107 to 150, David again, and various authors. Lots of different people, some named, some unnamed, and that's what the book of Psalms is. That's what it's all about. Now, here's what it's doing. When you go through this journey in the book of Psalms, it's taking you on a history trip. These Psalms, these poems were brought together to tell a full story from 1 to 150, all about Israel's history. In fact, you can experience the entire Bible. Whoa, this is going crazy. You can experience the entire Bible just in the Psalms. Every topic in the Bible is somewhere in the Psalms. Creation's in there, the, the predictions of the coming Messiah, repenting prayers, praises of God, all in the Psalms. You can read the Psalms and experience the entirety of Scripture in just this book because it's art, it's poetry, it's meant to move you, it's meant to make you think things, meant to make you do things, which is what we're going to experience today. You see, what we have today is we're going to be going through three of the main topics of the Psalms. Three. They're easy to remember. They all begin with the letter P, like the word Psalms. But not only that, is you're going to hear three different people come up and read 
the Psalms with this microphone right here next to me. They're going to come up here, and they're going to read what it says in the book of Psalms. And, they're going to, and when they read it, I want you to understand something. These Psalms, these poems, these songs, they're not only meant to be just read silently. They're meant to be read and said. Not only said, but sung. And when you read the Psalms, what's interesting about it is as you read through it, you might hear a little, little melody line in your ear. When you read through it, you say, wait, isn't that... Wait, it's not a hill song. Wait, isn't that, wait, that's the elevation song. Wait, that's, that's, that's this old, old, old song that my grandpa used to sing. That's right. The influence, the influence of the Psalms has gone throughout generations. People have used the lyrics of the Psalms to express their different feelings about God, what they're going through. These are meant to be said out loud and sung out loud in the music that goes with it, has influenced all the hymns, all the Christian rock throughout the ages. And as you look at it, like I did a few years ago when I first started digging into Psalms, I was like, oh, wow, that's a song lyric. Oh, wow, that's this. Oh, wow, that's that. Just like everything in Scripture, basically. When you hear something in a song, you say, oh, that's this verse. That's that verse. But, you've got, but in the experience of reading the Psalms, you're going to see where it comes from. What place is this coming from? What is the story here? And what is it all about? Now, the Psalms have been around for thousands of years. However, however, in the 300s, yes, the year of the 300s, so now we're in the, the 2020s, in the 300s, you got to put the clock way, way back, way, way back. In the 300s, there was a, an Egyptian church leader. He's considered one of the major church fathers. He was in Alexandria, Egypt. His name was St. Athanasius. Everybody say that real quick. St. Athanasius, right? You're going to be like, Athanasius. That's all right. We're going to go get through it. And he is considered to be the first scholar to really dive into the Psalms, to really get into what the Psalms are all about. He's considered the first person to really dedicate, study, and write about, hey, what are the, we have these things called the Psalms in the Scripture. But why? What is it? What is it, what's it doing there? What is it all about? So he said this, and this is a quote from him in a letter that he wrote to a friend who was asking these questions. So St. Athanasius says this, Elsewhere in the Bible, you read only that the law commands this or that to be done. You listen to the prophets to learn about the Savior's coming, and you turn to the historical books to learn the doings of the kings and holy men. Right? We know that part. We've talked about that for, for a while, and you might be more familiar with that. But in the Psalms... Here we go. Besides all of those things, you learn about yourself. You find depicted in it the movements of your soul, all of its changes, its ups, its downs, its failures, its recoveries. Moreover, whatever your particular need or trouble, from this same book, you can select a form of words to fit it so that you do not merely hear and then pass on, but learn the way to remedy your ill. St. Athanasius. He just knocked it out the park with that one. You know, we read the Bible, read the history, read all this, but the Psalms. See, it's not, a, not really about all that. It's about you and how you feel and what your experiences are. You see, the Bible is not some far-off book that it's just like it's unattainable, the knowledge, the wisdom. The Bible is right here with you now because the Bible has writings from people who experienced God, but they also experienced all the ups and downs of life, like I said right here in St. Athanasius' quote. Now, this quote is the longer one, but th- what has happened here is that over time, it's been paraphrased to this statement, and we're going to really, we're going to ride with this statement all the way. St. Athanasius, most of Scripture speaks to us. The Psalms speak for us. It's your expression to God. When you come to this book, you're like, Wait, you know, I want to read the Bible, and I got, but I'm feeling this type of way. What do I say? Well, I got the book for you, the Psalms. So if we categorize the Psalms into three sections, if we just can categorize them. Now, there's all different subsections and subgroups and all that stuff like that. We don't have to get into the X and the O's of all of it. But the three sections were, is this. So we have this. The Psalms are a collection of prophetic prophecy to remind yourself of God's promises and to give you words for your prayers 
and praises. The Psalms, if we categorize into three sections, it's promise, prayer, and praise. Everybody say that together. Ready? Promise, prayer, and praise. If we could funnel down 150 Psalms into three buckets, that's what it would be. Psalms about promise, Psalms about prayer, and Psalms about praise. Let's talk about promise real quick. Let's talk about promise. Now, I would put loads of money on this wager that the most popular, well-known psalm that I've seen it at weddings, funerals, social media, everywhere, bumper stickers, verses like that, I'm going to just say that the, probably the most popular and well-known psalm is, what do you think it is? Say it loud. What do you think it is? 23rd Psalm. That's right. You know 23rd Psalm. That's right. Now, if you don't know, if you're like 23, uh, trust me, you heard a little bit at some point. Matter of fact, let's, you know what, let's, why don't we say it all together? So I'm gonna, it's going to put on the screen right here. I'm going to put on the screen, and we're going to say it out loud. So ready? You're going to join with me. Everybody get ready. Here we go. NIV. I know there's a lot of King James fans out here. It's probably the way you learned it, but just, just roll with it. Roll with it. Roll with it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me through the right paths for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm, 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 mm. All right, time to go home. Let's go. Chill, 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 chill. I heard some uh, restoreth out there. I heard it was, I, some of y'all fought that, right? Some of y'all fought that. You're like, he restoreth. Uh, that's not what it says, though. You know, uh, you know, walk, you know uh, the valley. I, I, I heard a little disappointment. What, what happened to the shadow of death part? I love that part. It's my favorite part. It's in rap songs I like. I, heard, I, I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. I know. You're like, darkest valley? That's not, that's not tough. Like, shadow of death. I want that one. Bring back King James. I get it. I get it. I get it. But let's be honest, though. Let's be honest. Whatever translation you have, the meaning is what's most important. The meaning is what's important. Translators make their decisions, and they do their best as human beings to bring about the full meaning of the text. So we'll just ride with that. That's a great promise, isn't it? Psalm 23, right? When the enemies are around you, you make a table, right? Even though I walk through the darkest valley, you're right there with me. Even, you know, goodness and love, or maybe you learned that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll live in God's house forever. Mm that forever word. That gets you right there, right? The end. You know, some of you uh, might, you know, dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Oh, love it. Love it. So this is a promise that's made. This right here is about how God provides for people, that he makes you lie down in green pastures, that he restores your very life. He brings that restoration back. That's what this psalm is saying. It's telling you all about this. But there's so much more. That's just the the tip of the tip of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the Psalms. There are so many other Psalms about God's promises. And I'm going to give you at the end of this, you're going to see a chart where I just narrow down seven in each category. Take it home with you. Read it. Read it with your kids. It's good stuff. I want to have our first sharer come up right now. Now, this person, you know, for a while, and she's coming back on stage now. This is our wonderfully talented Rhythm guitarist. So give it up for Valeria, everybody. Now, Valeria, you are going to say Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my, call, my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let you fall asleep. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over you life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. 
Amen, amen. Ooh, that's a good one. I felt that you heard the melody in your mind, right? Some songs, right? You're putting some songs in there. You hear it. You almost want to sing it, right? Which is the point of Psalms, to make you express yourself. Thank you so much, Valeria. Help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He does not even sleep. He's got his eyes watching all the time. Now, that's a double-edged sword, by the way, just in case you're paying attention. But, you know, this is the promise of God's character. This is a reflection to say, hey, this is what God is about. You know, when I'm stuck in a position and I'm, I'm, I'm just downcast, this psalm is saying, look up. Look up. Look up to the hills where comes your help. The cavalry's coming, baby. You just got to hold still. You just got to hold on to yourself and say, you know what? God's not sleeping on me. God is here with me right now, and he's here with you right now, too. It's a promise that comes with the Psalms. It's a promise. Now, here's the things about promises, though. Now, don't, don't, don't miss this part. Promises require action. Promises require action, disciplined action. You see, it's easy to forget when the storms of life overcrowd us. When despair happens, when tragedy happens, it's really hard to think like, oh, I just want to remind myself of God's promises. And you might need to fight through to get that. I cannot promise you that God will do things in the way you want them to, the way you want him to. I cannot promise you that. What I can promise you is that God will be an umbrella in the rain. I can promise you that because it's in the scripture. I can promise you that if you look up, He's there ready and willing and able to help you in your time of need. I know that. I know that also God can be a protector, and that's what he promises too. The key is for you, as it said with St. Athanasius, for you to extend your hand out to grab God's hand and take full advantage of his promises. See, that's the key. We can read about it. We can think about it. But until we act on it, It's just thoughts, and it's just words. So we really have to think about this promise. Here's another promise for you. How about Psalm number one, the very first one? Blessed is the man who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the companies of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on it day and night. Wow, that's a great person. That person is like a tree planted in streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. You know what that's a throwback to in scripture? Eden. Eden. Trees growing up that human beings can take from and eat in plenty. But then this psalm is saying, hey, listen, if you put your trust in God, you put your trust in his word and make it a part of you, ingest it, you're going to be just like that. You're going to be the tree that can provide for people. Think about your family, your children, your coworkers, your neighbors. This is a promise of God that requires action from you. Now, when it comes to promise, we have to understand that life is hard. Life is very hard. And on this Mother's Day, I don't want to come up here and preach and talk about this without acknowledging all sides of this day. You see, I know for some of us, this day is hard. I know for some of us watching, this day is extremely difficult. Now, for some of us, it's a great day because it's the first one. Maybe you have a newborn or maybe you have your second child. It's the first one, the first Mother's Day. The first time you maybe came up here if you've been in this church for a long time and you had a great moment. But for others, it's also the first one. The first time with the empty seat. The first time that we're not going there this year. First time where, you know, sorry, but so-and-so is not coming this time because, well, you remember what happened last time. For some of us, this day is tough. It's hard. And we miss people. We miss people that are in our lives. And I want to recognize that because the Psalms recognize that. Because the Psalms recognize that, hey, there's times of despair. There's times of heartbreak. But according to Psalm 34, God is near to the brokenhearted. He binds up their wounds. So the promise of God requires action on our part to trust him. That's how you can unlock the promise of God is through trust, through trusting who he is. And even on a day like today, which might be tough for some people, let's recognize it. Let's recognize it. It's tough. But God is giving you a message of hope. 
Your life is not over. Yes, things are different. The routine is different. Normal is not coming back because they're not coming back. And we understand that. But we have to understand, too, that no matter the circumstance, God is still good. The one who watches over Israel does not slumber, nor does he sleep. He's still watching over you. He's right next to you right now in your despair, in your worry. He's right there. And these writings in the Psalms, people have experienced this, and they wrote about it because they know that most of the Bible speaks to us, but the Psalms, they speak for us. The next section, prayer. Prayer. Now, what is prayer? It's, just, it's communication with God. Communication with God. Two-way street. Prayer is a time where we bend our knee, bow our heads, open our hearts to God to learn all about what he wants to do, to make our our requests to him, but also to honor him in what we do. But I'll tell you this. You read the Psalms, there are some wild prayers up in there. There's some wild stuff where you're like, this is the Bible? Who wrote this? Man, this person must have been going through some stuff. And yes, they were. Yes, indeed, they were. For example, Psalm 13. How long, O Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day, have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look upon me and answer, my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. Now, some of you feel like that today. Some of you felt like that yesterday. You might have felt like this your whole life. You've been hearing about God, but you're like, yo, where you at? All this church stuff. What's going on here? You know, I, this guy looks great. That girl looks great. She's doing her thing. He's doing his thing. But, well, you skipped me, God? That's the feeling of the Psalms, too. Don't get it confused. When you come to God in prayer, you come fully to God in prayer. Don't hide nothing from God. Don't hide nothing from God. And, yes, you might be thinking, well, you, you can't hide nothing from God because God is God and God knows everything. Yeah, but do you? When you come to God, do you know what's in there? Because God knows, but he wants you to bring it out to him. Because this next part of that very psalm says this, Psalm 13. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will, be sing, I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. And those promises. And that's something you got to dig deep in your, in your life to understand. I've been there many times. I've been there many times. And I know I'm not the only one. You might not admit it. You might not confess it. But I know I'm not the only one. In fact, I'm not the only one for thousands of years. Because some of these same authors, man, they had some crazy lives. David, who we mentioned before. I mean, he, what a life. First and second Samuel, you got to read it. It is, I mean, yeah, we got the David and Goliath and we got like, you know, some other little things. But if you read his whole story, wow, what a life. What a life he lived. Ups, downs, back, forth, left, right. I mean, this guy was all over the place in different parts of his life. But one time, he was really bad, especially bad. Now, you might remember this story if you've been in church for a long time. David, abusing his authority as the king, had one of his top soldiers murdered so that he could marry his wife, the soldier's wife, that is. So you might remember that story. And then a a prophet came to him and said, King, let me give you a scenario. What would you say? If a guy did, and he brought a scenario out that was very similar to what David had did. And David was like, what? Where is this guy? Justice must be served. And the prophet essentially says, you know, I'm glad you asked where that guy is. He's you. Now, David, in his authority, could have been like, yo, get this guy out of here. Like, guards, yoke him up, out of here. But he didn't. He came to God in a prayer of confession. Now, this one's famous been in church for a while, is Psalm 51. I'm going to invite someone up to read this who, um, when I first started coming to Christ Fellowship, I came through the Bridge Youth Ministry, and I came to the, the uh, sanctuary service, which is called Bridge United Now, so Sunday youth service. The first day I came, it was great, great atmosphere, and this guy gets up to preach, and everybody's like, yeah, he's cool, and I'm like, he's cool, I don't know who he is, but he's cool. And he comes up to preach, and he preaches a message, I was like, wow, that's really great. And that was back in 2006. That was back in 2006 when that happened. But this brother needs to come up here and read this because I know he's experienced it just like I have too. 
and I'll share my experience in a moment. This brother's going to come up and read it, and I want you to, to thank God for him because he's celebrating three years of sobriety today. So let's give it up for my man, Caesar. Praise God. This is uh, Psalm 51, verses 1 through 6, and it says, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquities and cleanse me of my sin. For I know my transgression and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret places. And then verses 10 through 19 read, create me. And create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew the steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach, excuse me, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You are God of my safety. You are you who are God of my Savior, and my tongue will sing your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous. In burnt offerings offered whole, the bulls will be offered on your altar. Amen. Open up my lips and my mouth shall declare your praise. Now, let me tell you about this psalm for me. This psalm is how I learned how to pray. Now, well, that, and it's not really a good thing. It's a confessional prayer. But you know what I'm saying? Right? So, yeah, I, I done did it. All right? This is how I learned to pray. Now, I had some um, reckless teenage years. But nobody else? Somebody? Okay, just, just check in, just check in, because I'm about to get down and just sit down uh, after saying that. I had some reckless teenage years, you know, seeking my identity like all young people do, trying to figure out, like, you know, where the boundaries were like all young people do. It's part of growing up. But through drinking at parties, drug use at parties, it came to a point where my youth pastor had to come next to me. And that's so important to have somebody to come beside you. So important. You know, we wonder why so many, uh, you know, Christian celebrities fail. And you got to wonder, do they have someone come beside them to walk with them? You got to have that. You got to have that. So he came beside me at a youth group night. We're in a youth group night, and he said, come with me, Elliot. And I was like, all right. He knows. He knows. So I came upstairs to a little room, and he says, listen, I, I know what happened. I know what happened. I know what happened. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I said it all. He goes, but let's do something special. I want you to open up your Bible right there. I want you to go to Psalms and go to Psalm 51. And I was like, okay, never heard this before, didn't know about Psalm 51, knew about David, didn't know about Psalm 51. And he said, we're going to read this out loud together. He and I, he opened, I opened, and we read out loud together. And let me tell you something. I was in that whole day with a thick cloud on me, thick. I barely felt like I could walk that whole day. The guilt was crushing me, literally crushed. I felt it physically. It was crushing me so much. I was like, you know, like I feel like, yes, like, like it's the psalm even said, like I feel like God was just going to abandon me. I felt like, you know, I felt, I felt like Psalm 22. Why, oh, why, God, have you forsaken me? Which Jesus said on the cross. I felt that. I felt like I was abandoned alone, not because of God's doing, but because of me, because of my doing. I done messed up so bad that God is like, nah, you're, no, get away from me. You're done. That's what I was thinking. And I carried that with me the whole day. I didn't want to see anybody talk to anybody. But then he came up to me, my youth pastor at the time, brought me to this. 
and we walked through this step by step. My testimony on this is as we read the words of God in this confessionary prayer right here, the storm clouds parted. Things lifted up. My chest that was so tight that day started to release. I started to understand that God loves me so much that he wants to forgive me, that he wants to take me and say, get out of there and come here with me right now. We have to walk through this prayer. And, when I, and, and, and to that day, since that day, I think I was about 18, since that day, that's when prayer was real to me. That's when prayer was not something you say, but it's something you believe. And you believe because you have to get to know and know and know and know more and more God himself. So when I come to prayer and I say, have mercy on me, O oh God. Have mercy by your unfailing love. Because I know my sins are always in front of me. They're always right there. Then I come to this part, and I've said this so many times. I know I'm not the only one. God, create in me a pure heart. A pure heart. See, that word create is the same word create in Genesis. Make it new. Form it. Put it together. My heart, my heart is, is, that's your will. That's your intentions. That's your mindset, is is your heart, your motives. God, make it clean for me. I need that because I'm dirty, sinful, wretched, and I need these words. That's the sacrifice God wants. God wants you to confess what he already knows. But he wants you to confess because you have to know how bad it is. You have to know that your sin is killing you. You have to know that God has not abandoned you. He's not walking away. That's his promise. But are you staying with him? That's what he wants to know. That's what he's got to know. Are you staying with him? And I'll tell you this. After prayer, that's when the work begins. Because the prayer renews, restores, strengthens, builds. Then after that, we'll see whether or not you actually meant it. We'll see. Because that is where the work begins in prayer. And the Psalms are full of it. Full of it. And because we can pray to God so much, And because we can love him so much, because he loves us so much, you know what that opens up for us? Praise. Praise. Praising God. Yes, praise. There's so many songs of praise. In fact, the last section of of, uh, the last book of Psalms, like 145 to 150, is all just praise, 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 praise. It just goes nuts. Because think about it. The promises that happened, the promises that God gave, the prayers we can pray. There's only one way you can end this is saying, praise God. Hallelujah. Praise him for who he is, for what he's done, for what he's going to do in the future because he's God. So the Psalms have so much praise in them, so much praise, and I love it. I love it so much. I remember one uh, Bridge Youth Ministry um, retreat conference we had where we had uh, all the leaders lined up in two rows and the, uh, all the, the teenagers um, walked through the rows uh, to the altar, and we were just supposed to pray, pray over them, just pray over them, just move in the spirit and pray over them. And I remember one girl in particular who was, you know, a, a church girl. You know, she, she's one of, you know, the, the a child that knows things, you know, has been around, take her under, all stuff like that, all that. And I remember seeing her, and I stopped her, and I said, you just have to praise God, Period. Period. You are a part of your life where you just got to start just praising God. Just praise God, praise God, praise God. And this girl ran to that altar. She almost skinned her knees on that rug, and she was praising God. Because sometimes that's what you got to do. Praise is a powerful weapon because it takes the focus off you and puts it onto God. Praise is so powerful that it can be wielded like a sword, and it can be wielded as a shield. The praise of God will be a shield to remind you of who God is because when we come to talk about God, we got to know who we're talking to. We got to know who we're talking to in this. So this is important. Praise is important. And don't get into some nonsense that you might have heard from somebody out there thinking about, oh, you know, about, you know, praise is the part of music and church music. That's the happy part. But then the worship, that's the serious part. No, no. Praise is so important. In fact, in fact, there's more praise going on as you read in the scriptures, then there are people praying because they are offering their praise to God. We know that in God's court, it's a nonstop praise party. 
nonstop for eternity. There's angelic beings that that's just what they do. That's just what they do. So when we praise God, we're giving him that glory, that honor, saying how great he is. And we are in lockstep with the courts of heaven here on earth now. We we'll have to wait till we get there because we want there and here to come together. That's what it's all about. So praise is important, highly important. Sometimes you just got to turn on that song and just get down. You just got to do it. Or, well, like I do, and I'll recommend this to anybody, when you're driving to work, you better put that praise on. Because you know, when you walk through that door, You know it. You know it. You got to praise God. And even in the moment where someone's against you and you just want to say other words, you got to praise God. You got to praise God. And we're not talking about your singing voice. All right? We're not talking about your dancing skills. It's all about the heart, the motives, the intentions. You praise God. Well, let's say it like this. Praise of God comes from knowing him, knowing what he's about. So you got to praise him. You got to praise him now. Because what you can do, too, is if you look back in your life with some retrospect, 2020 vision, you see how he was there beside you, with you. You ever wonder how you got home? Maybe he walked you. You ever think about, hey, you know what? Looking back now, I see it. But it's something that can be understood in reverse. But here in the present now, you got to praise him. You got to praise him for what he's done. And because of what he's done, that's a foundation. Just like I'm standing up here on a, on a solid foundation, this is enabling me to go there. And I will praise God. I will praise God for what's there. Because I know that he is there. And I'm going with him. I don't know about you, but I'm going with him over there. And I praise him because he's there. He's already making a path for you. He's making a path. He's making a way. He just wants to know if you're going to trust him and take it. God makes the way, but we have to take the way. God is already forming things. Things that if he told you today, if he told you right now, you'd be like, nah. But it's God. And just like Pastor Harold said multiple times, with him, all things are possible. And that's why we praise him, because of who he is, what he's done, what he's doing presently, what he's going to do in the future. You got to praise God because he is good. Just like in the Psalms say, just like in the song that was written uh, some years ago, give thanks to the Lord our God and King. His love endures forever. It's a great thing you got to praise him for. You praise him for how you were born, where you were born. You praise him for just who you have in your life. You praise him for that, the food on the table. You praise him for just being a loving father to you, for teaching you his ways. You praise him for people in your life. Got to be thankful for that too. Be thankful for that, that you have a, uh, employment. You got to just praise God because he's worthy of praise. And that's how the book of Psalms ends. Psalm 150. This is a huge praise party. And it is fitting on Mother's Day to have a mother come up, isn't it? It's fitting right now. So I'm going to have a mother come up who's very near and dear to me. Kalina, please. Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lair. Praise him with trimble and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Psalm 151 through 6. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You have... Breath in your lungs? You have breath in your lungs? Well, then praise God. Does God. Have you seen God do acts of power? Then praise God. Praise him for suppressing greatness. You don't have to have a trumpet, but you got something, right, that you can praise God with. I don't care what instrument you have. You can clap your hands. You can stomp your feet. Whatever it takes, you got to praise God. 
Whether you have an instrument, you don't have an instrument, whether you can sing really well, whether you can dance really well, whether you can't do any of that stuff, it don't matter as long as you praise God. Period. That's what's most important. That's what's most important. The Psalms are poems. The Psalms are songs. Promise, prayer, and praise. What's your song? What's your song? You have a song about God's promises in your life? You have a song of prayer, whether it be a prayer of confession, be a prayer for someone else, intercession. You have a song of praise that you want to lift up to God? If you do, you got to do it. You got to do it. You have to. You have to sing your song because that, that is what people will see. That testimonial that you're saying backed up with your actions in your daily life, that is how people will come to know God. That's how people will come to know him because, like David said, restore to me the joy of your salvation, that's me, so that I could teach other people, other transgressions. I could teach people about what they have done. But you have to have that testimony and witness first. So you have to praise God. You have to pray to God. You have to know God's promises in the Psalms great way to start. Talk about them. Sing them. Shout them if you have to. Do it with your kids. Do it with your spouse. Do it with your significant other. Open it up and go for it. Right now we're going to do this. I'm going to put Psalm 121 back up. We're going to put Psalm 121 back up. And what we're going to do, I want you just to look at this. Now if you have your Bible with you or whatever, you can look at it there too. It's all good. But I'll put it up here. Psalm 121. I want you to read it. You can read it out loud. Just read it silently, whatever you want to do. But I want you to ingest this as God's promises and as a prayer and as a praise. Because I feel like this psalm really kind of covers all of it in a way. It really covers all of it. And I'll read it too. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming, your going, both now Forever. Forever. Can we praise God? Come on, somebody, 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 somebody. Somebody's got to know he's good. I made this list for you. I made this list for you here about the Psalms. Prophetic poetry to remind yourself of God's promise. Give words to your prayers and your praises. Some Psalms are promised right here. One, two, 23, 40, 91, another favorite of mine, by the way. 112, 121. Read these. Oh, my goodness, the promises, the promises. And like I said, you might hear some melody lines. because Oh, that's that song. Prayer, 27, 42, 43, 51, 54, 55, 143. Some of them, you might be like, I don't know any of those ones. Hey, that's where to start. That's why we're here, ain't we? Praise, 8, 34, 100, 145, and then one. 48 to the end. This is how we get things going. If you're here today and all this is new to you, this is a great place to start. But not only that, there's so many leaders here willing to go next to you and beside you. We're going to put this on our social media, this list here too. You can share it around, print it out, whatever you got to do. Because we need to understand that God is with us and he wants you to express yourself to him. Like St. Athanasius said, Most of the Bible speaks to us, but the Psalms speak for us. Let's pray. Holy God, almighty, so good, so wonderful, so powerful, so strong. Your word is a testament to who you are. God, I pray for everybody here right now, Lord God, everybody here and everybody watching, Lord God. I pray that all of us dig into your word in the Psalms, Lord. I pray that we come to realize and know what St. Athanasius knew years ago, that this is the time where we get to express ourselves to you, that we get to say our prayers, to say, God, I'm wretched, I'm unclean, I'm sinful. God, help me, help me. 
Help me. Help me. Help me, Lord. God, we, we stand on your promises. I mean, that you are a shade, that you are a shield, that you prepare a table in front of those who would wish to hurt us, God. God, we know that you are worthy of praise because you are good, because you are loving, because you have brought us up out of the pit, out of the muddy clay, and I will sing a new song, a hymn of praise to my Lord, Psalm 40. God, may you touch everybody's heart so that when we leave this place, may they be renewed and filled, and may they witness to you with their lives, Lord God, as they stand upon the words written in this book. God, we praise you. We know you're good. We love you, Lord God. We love you, Lord God. We love you, Lord God. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. And all God's people say, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Sing your song. Christ Fellowship of Elizabeth is a Christian community whose mission is to love God, make disciples, and change the world. You can learn all about us by visiting cfofelizabeth.com. We meet each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. at the Liberty Center in Elizabeth, as well as at various times throughout the week. If you'd like to see a video recording of the full worship service this teaching came from, you can watch on demand on our YouTube channel, and you can join us live online every week by visiting cfofelizabeth.live. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Make sure you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. See you next time.